Good morning. How's everybody doing? Have a good Thanksgiving? You're in church up in here? If I don't get feedback, I'm going to make y'all walk around, jump around, okay? Okay, what kind of key can't open doors? A turkey. There you go, right there. Come on. That was a good one, y'all. Good pun. Grab your Bibles, get them out. Happy holidays. Uh, we're going to just dive right into the um, message. And um, I don't know if the media team needs a, a copy of my notes. Would one of you um, lovely people hand that to the media team for me? I forgot to hand that to them. All right. Title of our sermon today is called The Blessed Life. I want to talk to you about how to be blessed. Um, most of you know this, um, if you've been here any number of uh, time, any, any, any number of time, any number of days, months, years, whatever, you get my point, because um, we talk about this a lot. The New Testament, as, as many of us know, it was written in Greek, and the Greek word, here's the Greek word for blessed, it is uh, mar- markios, everyone say markios, probably not saying that perfectly, but that's close enough, and it means this, this is what it looks like when God blesses you. How many want to be blessed by God? I want to be blessed by God. There's a difference between the world's blessing and the difference between the Lord's blessing. But when the Lord blesses you, it looks like this. It means you are supremely blessed, by extension, fortunate, well-off, and happy. Okay? Happy. That is um, many, many times the same Greek word in the New Testament. It's used. It's, it says happy. Okay? Supremely blessed, fortunate, well-off, happy. Um, there are so many verses in the Bible on how to be blessed. It's almost as though God wants to bless us. Almost. Not quite. Almost as though he wants to bless you. Um, No, there are tons of scriptures in the Bible on, uh, for example, the Beatitudes. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, right? Everyone say blessed are. All right. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the, what? Kingdom of heaven. Um, Blessed and happy are basically synonymous in scripture. In fact, if you look at other translations of the Beatitudes, um, for example, the, the, the Good News translation says, happy are those who are spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Young's literal translation, happy the poor in spirit, because theirs is the reign of heavens. Okay, so when we ask who wants to be blessed, we're also saying literally, like who wants to be happy? I think sometimes we, we, um, we separate these two. We're like, I'm so blessed. Blessed. You have to say it like that, very religious sounding, blessed. Um, But then we're like, but I'm not happy because happiness is for something else, okay? No, happy, blessed, overflow, joy. This is part of the cross, people, okay? We should be enjoying our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Um, Listen, if what you have isn't attractive to those around you, there's something wrong. Your relationship with Jesus is not supposed to look like control and oppressive. It's supposed to look like freedom to the people around you. That's what's attractive about serving Jesus. Amen? Okay, so uh, the title of the sermon could be The Happy Life, but we're going to call it The Blessed Life. Um, It is God's will for us to be happy. It is God's will for us to be blessed. Um, I want to make a massive distinction, though. There is a massive difference between the world's version of happiness and God's version of happiness. Okay? So we might go through this whole thing and like, oh, it's God's will for me happy, so I'm going to pursue happiness. No. Um, we're going to pursue the Lord, and the Lord's going to bring happiness into our lives. Okay? 
Um, so I want to talk about that today, the satisfaction that the Lord brings into our hearts. Um, we're moving into the holidays, and um, unfortunately, we're losing papers over here. I'm like, I don't know what's happening back here, but there's papers. Y'all need a paperweight back here. Okay. Um, we're moving into the holiday season, and I don't know, some, for some people, this is like the happiest time of year. They love the holidays. I have mixed emotions about the holidays. I like them. At the same time, it's like, I don't know, do I need to put up the lights? And then I got to take them down, and I got to store them. And how many like doing the lights? You got them up already. You're ready to go Christmas season. How many are like, eh, Christmas season, Nah, it could pass. Like, just looking for January. It's okay. You can raise it. You're, you're not a Grinch if you, if you think that, okay? <clears throat> but for many people, um, the holidays um, can be the hardest part of the year. There are a variety of reasons for that. Um, a lot of people struggle during the holidays. Um, uh, loss of a loved one, who, someone who was there in the past is not there anymore. Um, stress, debt, the whole you know, rat race of, of the holidays. Um, it's dark. Like, how many are looking forward to the winter solstice happening on uh, December 21st where the light begins to come back? I don't know about you, but I do not like... I wish... I don't mind the winter so much, I just don't like the dark. Um, but one thing that bothers me, um, personally bothers me about the holidays, is that oftentimes the true meaning of, of the holidays is lost in the, like, commercialization and, you know, all that stuff, okay? Um, and I often wonder, what, what would the, this Christmas season look like if we, just, if, if we lost all of the stuff that God didn't intend for it to be in there? It would look quite a bit different, I think. Um, traditions in and of themselves aren't bad. I think most traditions are probably good, um, and they're, they're healthy. Um, traditions are bad when they nullify the promises of God. Jesus talked about this in the scripture. He says, you're more concerned about your traditions, and your traditions are actually nullifying the promises of God. Um, so traditions in and of themselves can be a good thing unless they're counter, uh, counteractive to the promises of God in our life. Um, but I wonder how, how uh, different the Christmas season would look without all of the extra stuff. We were recently in Israel, and um, we left right about Halloween time. And I don't know about you, it's not my favorite holiday, uh, Halloween. And, but if you like it, whatever, that's your deal. Um, well, Garrett, well, this is what gets me, though, is people, like, decorate the yards with demons. I don't know. doesn't seem like a good idea to me. I spend most of my time trying to keep those things away, not like, let's put them on our yard, you know, and then store it in our basement the rest of the year. You bought it, you stored it, you put it up. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Um, but when we were in Israel recently... Um, I was like, oh, it's like Halloween. And I was looking around like, there is no sign of Halloween anywhere here. I was like, this is kind of cool. Um, but this, this season, Christmas season, it's supposed to be a time of remembering the, the, the birth of our Lord Jesus into this world. And it is a prophetic declaration. We're looking in anticipation towards the second advent, his second coming. And that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be about. But for many, it can be a very, it can be a selfish time. It can be a materialistic time. It can be a stressful time because you're trying to figure out how to do all the, the holiday things. And um, I just want us to, obviously, as Christian, we're Christians, we're Christ followers, remember what the uniqueness and the true purpose of this season is. It should be a joyous time for us. Look what Paul wrote to Timothy about some of the characteristics of the people in the last days. 
I don't know about you, but I think this is uh, true of a lot of people today. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, it says this. Paul says this, but mark this. Someone needs to mark that in their Bible. He says mark it, so do that. Okay. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Let me ask you a question. Do those characteristics, do you see some of those characteristics in the world today? I do. That's quite the list too, by the way. Like, man, he's just, he just goes after it. Now, I want to ask you a question. These people who are lovers of selves and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, um, are these blessed people? Are they blessed? Perhaps by the world's standards, they might look blessed. In fact, you might know people and say, man, they're so blessed. I don't understand. They're not serving God in any way. They don't love God in any way. They love themselves and they seem so blessed. Listen, by the world's standards, perhaps they're blessed, but by God's standards, and I can assure you in their heart, there's no way someone who's operating in this list that I just read, there's no way that this person is feeling the abundant life, the blessed life. They can't. It's impossible because you weren't designed for you. You weren't made to be a um, you, you weren't made to just consume, uh, be just a consumer, 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 consumer. Um, it says elsewhere in, in the Bible where um, people's God is their stomach. In other words, they're living just to serve themselves. And I can assure you, if that's the way you're living, of course you're not happy. You can't be happy because you weren't made for you. You were made to love God and you were made to love other people. Amen? And so... <clears throat> They are lovers of pleasure, lovers of themselves. They cannot possess true happiness. Is that, that's what we're talking about today, is how to be truly blessed and how to be truly happy. Okay. Um, you guys, I don't know if you know this, but they're lovers of themselves. You know, you know what the most common photograph today is? It's the selfie. Lover of self. Come on, this is, this is Bradley right here. Now, I'm not saying if you take a selfie, you love yourself. Like, and to be clear, there is something called a healthy self-love because God loves you, and it's okay to come in agreement and alignment with his love for you. So having a high value for yourself and loving yourself, that's not wrong. But being a lover of yourself is a completely different thing, where you live to consume, and you live for pleasure, and you live um, for materialism. That is a completely different thing, and I can assure you that if you're going after those things, of course you're not going to be happy. Idolatry has certainly been a problem uh, throughout the ages, but apparently the idolatry of the last days is going to be and is self-worship. Self-worship. In, in times past, there were so many, they worshipped idols, they worshipped different things, and constantly throughout the Bible, you see this in the Old Testament, where... Uh, polytheism was, was um, worshiping many gods, was very prevalent, very normal. And then here comes Abraham. Pastor Matt talked about this a couple weeks ago. And God, God said, you know, I'm, I'm one God. And that began to work its way. And it took generations for that, that stronghold of polytheism to break off. Well, today, we're kind of, um, you know, 3,000 years on the other side of that. And now most of the major world religions are, are monotheistic. There are still uh, polytheistic religions. 
Um, but the idolatry of today is kind of a monotheistic idolatry, and it's self-worship. That is the temptation that you and I have in our, in our lives, is worship of self. We were, um, again, when we were in Israel, we were um, at this place uh, called Caesarea by the Sea, and you can read about it uh, in the scriptures. Um, and our guide was telling us that there's the, 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 the Greco-Roman culture, especially in, in the Bible, was very prevalent at that time. And so the, the, the Greeks, the Romans, they brought their culture with them. And that culture was very much different than um, uh, the Judean, uh, the Jewish religion. And for them, one thing they did, they would, they would build these statues, these uh, statues of, of beautiful, built um, people. And then, in fact, people during that time, they would go, they would go to the gym and they would, they would build up their bodies and they wanted to look really good. And so everything was about aesthetic beauty for, for the Greeks, for the Romans. And they had this, this um, belief, and that it was this, that beauty is truth. They believe beauty is truth. For the Jew, it was the opposite. They believe, and this is a Judeo-Christian belief, that truth is beauty. For the Greeks and for the world, beauty is truth. And we can see this playing out in our world today. People pursue beauty. They pursue you know, perfection, those kind of things. Beauty is truth. But for us, for the believer, truth is beauty. That is what is beautiful to us. Today, I want to give you three keys to living a truly blessed life. How many want to live a truly blessed life? I do. Number one, realize that God did create you to bless you. He created you to be blessed. Okay? Part of your created purpose is to receive blessing from your God. What father would not want to bless his children? Okay, you were created to receive blessing. Matthew 7 9-11, Jesus said this. This is, by the way, in the context of prayer. He says this, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Okay, He's a gift giver. He's a good father. He's the best father there ever is. And he wants to give gifts to his children. Amen? And this is, by the way, in the context of prayer. And actually, I felt like this is something that the Lord was emphasizing this morning. There's this, uh, another scripture, I believe it's in the book of James, where it says, you have not because you ask not. We need to be praying more. And what's interesting to me, also in the scripture, where they brought the blind man to Jesus, and Jesus asked this question, like, what do you want me to do for you? And I'm thinking, like, isn't it obvious, you know? I think oftentimes we come to the Lord, we come to the church, and it's like, Lord, isn't it obvious what I need? We don't say anything. He wants to ask him. He wants to pray. He wants to believe, and he wants to give good gifts to his children. Amen? So ask him for the things we need. Believe for the things we need. <clears throat> Adam and Eve, God created Adam and Eve in the, in the book of Genesis, and it says that one of the, the first things God does is he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Okay? What did he do? He blessed mankind. That, is, that set a pattern for creation, created order, that he wants to bless his children. You were created to be blessed. Okay, that's point number one. Point number two, so realize God created you to be, to be blessed. Point number two, realize you are blessed. Amen? Everyone say, I am blessed. 
Okay, you are here today. You woke up today. Let me ask you a question. I've got to provide some evidence for you. Are you an American? You're blessed. Okay, you are blessed. Um, you can look at all over the world, and there are first, second, third world countries. I can assure you, if, listen, if you've never been outside of this country, if you've never gone to a third world country, you need to go to a third world country. You need to realize you're blessed. Furthermore, we're blessed... Um, because of the, the time we live in. This, this particular dispensation of the world throughout, people struggled so much more throughout history. Even the early people that moved to this country, they struggled so much more than we did. We have it easy. We are blessed. I don't care who you are. I don't care your ethnicity, gender, whatever it is, your age. You live in this country, you're blessed. You live in this time, you are blessed, and you need to know you are. Man, do you guys know what's going on in Iran right now? Do you know back in the 1970s, the Iran and the United States actually used to be pretty, pretty good allies. The Ayatollah came in and, uh, and shut everything down, and women have to wear their head covering. These women who were protesting, pulling off their head covering, saying, I don't want to wear my head covering anymore. Like, they're being thrown in prison, they're being beaten, they're, and some people are being killed. This is happening right now in Iran. This is commonplace in Afghanistan now, now that we've gotten out of there. Um, you are blessed to be in this country. Everyone say, I am blessed. Okay. Let me give you some more evidence that you're blessed. Are you a Christian? You're blessed. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter three verses, uh, chapter one, verses three through five. Praise be to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You've been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. You're loaded. You are loaded with, with the finished work of the cross. And it's just like the enemy to try to um, keep us in a place where we don't realize what we have on the inside of us. Verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love. Everyone say, in love. God loves you. In love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It was his pleasure and will to um, predestine you to be conformed to his will. He loves you. He loved you from the foundations of the world. He loves you now. You are blessed. I want to give you now the last point number three, how to unlock blessing in your life. Point number three I want to give you today is be generous. Okay, this is the trigger to feel the flow and unlock blessings of God in your life. You are blessed. He created you to be blessed. You are blessed. Now be generous and be who, who, who he created you to be, to overflow to this world around you. You weren't created to be a stomach. You weren't created for self-worship. You were created to worship him. You were created to love and bless other people. Amen? I want to read part of, um, in Acts 20, part of Paul's farewell speech to the uh, Ephesian elders after which he traveled to Jerusalem to be arrested. And I have to kind of read some of these scriptures so that we get to the point here. It says this. Now I, uh, commit to, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone else's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus said himself, it is more blessed to give 
than to receive. There isn't a record of Jesus saying this statement in the Gospels, but apparently at this time it was widely accepted that this was a statement that Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You could say it like this, you are going to be happier when you are a giver, when you are generous, than when you are receiving. How many like receiving gifts? Receiving gifts are great, and some people's like love language is gifts. They like they love to give gifts. They love to receive gifts. People tend to give love the way they like to receive love. Receiving a gift is great. I love it when someone just nails it and they get a. You ever get a gift though? By the way, this has nothing to do with my sermon, and it's like you try not to laugh because it's so bad. Okay, but it's great when you get a gift that someone like man, this person knows me. This was maybe this was a sacrifice to this person, or maybe it was just a thoughtful gift. That's great. But Jesus says. You are happier when, more blessed than when you're giving. Let me ask a question. Who wants to be happy? Who wants to be blessed? Who wants to feel the blessing of God? Be a giver. Be generous. Amen. Listen, if you're struggling with holiday blues, the, you know, the sun, whatever, being, being gone, um, it's not really gone. It's just not up as much. Um, if you're struggling with depression, listen, I want to encourage you to do something. Serve. Do something outside of yourself. Serve. Okay, I'm not going to, I got to, don't preach all my sermon here. Okay. You are happier when you give. True happiness that the Lord brings is being a conduit and a flow of the Lord. I give this illustration all the time. You've heard it so many times. But in Israel, in uh, the Holy Land, there is the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has rivers flowing into it, primarily the Jordan River. But there's no rivers flowing out of the Dead Sea. What happens? All of the minerals and salts just collect there and have collected there for a long time. It's a, uh, one of the saltiest bodies of water on earth as a result. Nothing lives there. Nothing grows there. It's like 30% salt. You're very buoyant in it because of this. And this is a picture of what it can be like if you live in a blessed land, live in America, live in this generation. Uh, we live in a holiday season. And this is what it can look like if we're constantly receiving blessings of the Lord and we're never giving out, we're never overflowing to others in life, you will become a stagnant pool of death. You will become sad on the inside because you're not living up to your created purpose. Amen? So be generous. Be a giver. Give what? What should you give? You can give time. You can give your energy. You can give money. You can give resources. What do you need to do? Find needs and meet them. And look especially for those divine appointments that God puts us in. It doesn't have to be a divine appointment to recognize a need and then be moved to help someone. But oftentimes, the Lord is looking for opportunities to use you to touch this world. So look for those divine opportunities. You'll find your, if you're looking for them, you will find yourself standing in the middle of divine opportunities, divine appointments, and we want to be ready for God to use us. Here's what you need to do, though. You need to be willing to let him interrupt your day. Amen? Let him interrupt your day because God wants to use you. Look for divine appointments. From the youngest of you here to the oldest of you here, look for divine appointments. Okay. We need to do something outside of ourselves. And when you do that, watch out because you're going to feel the life and the flow and the blessings of God. Look, at, look what it says in Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another uh, withholds unduly, 
but comes the poverty. Look at this, verse 25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So this is living to be a blessing. This is living to be a blessing. Look at this. A generous person will prosper. This is what scripture says. Those who refresh others themselves will be refreshed. God, uh, Jesus said this, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, I don't forget it. And sometimes that reward is in heaven and sometimes that reward manifests in, uh, here on earth. <clears throat> I want to give a story of, of, uh, in my, from my own life of just how fun this can be. Um, uh, probably about 10 years ago, um, my wife uh, had a car and it was you know, a decent car, but we wanted to get her a new one. So um, she had a Subaru Forester and we bought her a, um, no, I'm sorry, she had a, she had a Kia Spectra. And we went ahead and bought her the Subaru Forester. Okay, so then we have this extra car. And we're like, should we trade it in? Should we sell it? What, what should we do? We both prayed about it a little bit. And we felt like the Lord said, I want you to give that car away. And so at that time, we were, we were college pastors. And we had a, a girl in our ministry who her and her family were really in a bad spot. They needed a car really badly. And so we prayed about it. And... Uh, we, we gave her the car. And it's super, if you've ever given a car away, it's like really fun. It feels awesome, when, especially when someone needs it. Um, about a week later, a week goes by, and I won't go into all the details, but somebody gave me a Nissan Pathfinder. It just, just happened to be that someone was, was giving away a car, and um, I was driving a Toyota Corolla, and if you know me, I like 4x4s. I don't really care about fast cars, but I like things that can you know, go up in the mountains and the 4x4s. So um, someone gave me a Nissan Pathfinder. It has four-wheel drive, and it was, it was awesome. So for me, like, oh, man, super, super cool like, upgrade for me. The car was actually older than, um, the, the Pathfinder was actually older than the Corolla, but it was like, for me, awesome, because I wanted a 4x4. What that did is it set me up to like now, okay, now God, what do you want me to do with the, with the Toyota Corolla? And at the time, I had a family member who really needed a car. Like, I knew they needed a car for several, several months. And in fact, um, it wasn't running well. They could not get it to pass emissions. And they were coming up on um, their plates expiring, their tags expiring. And they're like, I can't get to pass emissions. I won't be able to get new tags if it doesn't pass emissions. And they're like, this car is done. And so because someone gave me uh, the Pathfinder, now I prayed about it. And the Lord's like, give them give the Toyota Corolla. So I gave this family member my car. So my wife and I gave away two cars in the matter of just a couple of weeks. Super fun. But the, look at the, the way the Lord did that. He, we gave away the first car, then we got given another car, then we were able to give away another car. And then I drove that vehicle for about eight, nine, ten years, and then I gave it away to someone else. By that time, I had a lot of problems, though, so it was more of a project car for someone. But they were blessed. Okay. What I'm trying to say is, the Lord sees it when you do something like that. Like, we gave away that first car with, you know, we didn't tell anyone, we didn't know anyone. By the way, I'm only telling you because I'm trying to provoke you to think like this. I'm trying to provoke you to think like this. I don't, I don't need this story for me. Um, but the Lord sees this. We didn't tell anyone when we gave away that first car, and the Lord dropped in our lap that second car and blessed us. It was so good, and we were able to, we were able to turn that around again and, and bless another person. He doesn't forget it. Jesus says, if you give something as simple as a cold cup of cold water in my name, whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. You will not lose your reward. And perhaps it is the case that that reward you receive is in heaven. Jesus said, don't store up 
treasures here on earth where the uh, rust destroys and moth destroys, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. It may be the case that you don't receive the benefit of that reward here on earth, but I can assure you the Lord sees it and he will not forget it. When we are obedient to him and allow him to flow through us, he will not forget it and he sees it. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I also want to say generosity. I mentioned just the, the, uh, the, our relationship with the Lord. There should be something attractional about that to the world around us. That's probably maybe one of the greatest ways to evangelize, is just let people see the fruit of your life, that you're walking with the Lord Look at the fruit of my life. This is what it doesn't mean you're perfect. doesn't mean you don't have problems. It means the blessings of the Lord are with you, and you're going through life with you. One thing I want to say is generosity. A generous person is an attractive person. People, do you want to be around stingy people or generous people? Amen? Generosity. Listen, if you're not married, marry a generous person. Don't be married to stingy people. Don't date stingy people. Okay? Generosity is attractive, and a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I want to close with this. This holiday season, I want to issue you a challenge, and here it is. I want you to pick a way to be a blessing outside of yourself. In fact, I would say this outside even of your immediate family. Because Jesus said this, if you only love those who love you, what reward do you get, right? We want to love those who maybe don't love us or can't repay us anything. Then there's a reward from heaven. So find a way outside of yourself to be a blessing to others. Let me give you some ideas. Um, out in the foyer, we have, I'm going to give you a few ways, and then you're going to pick one, okay? This holiday season, why? Because you are, are people who want to do well, right? Amen. Um, let me give you a few ideas. Number one, we have this giving tree in the floor. We've been announcing this the last few weeks. Um, what do you do? You get an ornament. It says what gift to buy. You go buy that gift, and then you bring it back here unwrapped and, and give it. And then um, Serve 6-8, which is a ministry we're partnering with, will make sure that gets to a family that is in need. I grabbed this um, ornament. Boy, age 14, remote control vehicle. So this is what we're doing, babe. We're going to grab a remote control vehicle. We're bringing it back next week. Um, Sunday, December 11th, you have to bring these back by. So we've got that tree out there in the foyer. Grab one of these and be a blessing. Okay, that's one idea. Another idea is this. Um, here at City Lights Church, um, we have an alms fund. Alms is for uh, people who uh, give, give to the poor. We, uh, um, during the holidays especially, you have needy families. Um, and primarily this is for people within the church, but we also help on occasion people outside of the church. Um, if you want to go to citylights.church, go to the giving tab um, I hope we have an alms tab open today. I didn't check. Uh, we do? Yeah. Okay, good. You can give alms that way, or you can write an off an, on an uh, offering envelope, write alms on there, drop it in the bucket when you leave. Uh, another idea is this. Um, and by the way, we're going to have these handouts in the foyer of these four ideas. So take, take one of these handouts when you leave and do one of these. Um, so there's four ways you can be generous. Time, talents, something tangible, or something financial. Another one is this, um, Streetlights of Grace is a, um, a homeless uh, a ministry that serves the homeless that we help support. Um, J.C. Castillon um, heads that up, 
and December 4th and December 18th, um, she's serving the homeless, and you can meet her at the cold weather shelter at 1230. And so wave it, wave everyone right here. If you want to help with that, you can connect with her, but grab one of these um, from the foyer, and that is another way you can serve. So you can give, you can give time, you can give talents. Um, and I'll, I'll mention one more thing. Um, talents. The Resource Center, which is also a ministry that this church supports, it, um, it is uh, for, for uh, families who find themselves, uh, or women who find themselves with an unwanted pregnancy, they do ultrasounds and, and, and um, do what they can to help that person um, keep that baby and to um, do, do the right thing. But one thing they do, they give baby blankets to every woman that has a, po- a positive pregnancy test. And so if you could knit, sew, or crochet uh, baby blankets or hats, um, that would be awesome. So if you, you can also serve with your talents that way. Does that sound good? So grab one of these um, sheets in the foyer, and I want to challenge you. Pick one of these ways to serve this holiday season. What are you going to do? You're going to see the life of God, the blessing of God flow out of you. It is more blessed to give, more blessed to serve than to receive. Amen? All right, why don't you guys stand to your feet, and I want to send you out to love on this world. Why don't you guys just put your hands out like this, like in a receiving posture. Lord Jesus, we come before you. We thank you that our created purpose, Lord God, is to be blessed, Lord, to know that we're blessed, God, but then to turn around and to release that blessing into the world around us. Father, you are a blesser. You are a blesser, Lord. And God, I pray that your children would look like you and that we would give good gifts, Lord, and we would, be, we would bless the world around us, Lord. God, you don't give as the world gives, Lord. You give differently, Lord God. So we come um, and we want to be truly blessed, Lord, by your standards, Lord, by heaven's standards. Uh, we love you. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. God bless you guys.